Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Wrestling with the Truth. I am BC Hunter, and boy, oh boy, folks, you're in for a treat this week as I am joined by a legend, a podcasting legend, the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, Tower of Power, Ted the Hillbilly Heel is joining us today on Wrestling with the Truth. Ted, what do I owe this honor? Oh, it's such a pleasure to be here. Uh, you know, this is always great to be here with you, you know, and uh, I just appreciate you for having me on. For sure. Well, I'll let a secret out here. The reason I have Ted on today is because actually he joined me to, to uh, record an episode for YouTube for the Wrestling with the 80s channel. Cheap plug. Please go subscribe to that channel. We're going to be doing a, another What If episode. I won't let the cat out of the bag yet, but it's going to be a good one. I think it's going to be one that's, uh, that's going to gather a lot of... Um, a lot of interesting comments from folks. I think this is a topic that a lot of people have wanted to talk about for a while, but yeah. So in the meantime, I wrangled Ted and I got, I'm saying I'm going to get a two for one deal here. I want Ted to join me on this audio episode as well, because I, I have an interesting question that I want to pose today. And uh, I think, you know, you're a good resource to bounce back and forth on, on this topic and, you know, feel free to take the heel uh, opinion on this as well. But speaking of heels, you, of course, have your own podcast, and I think you should tell people about that before they switch off this this episode. Yes, the uh, Heel Truth, and you can find it wherever you get your audio stuff at, Spotify, Amazon, uh, Apple, all that stuff. I'm not really on social media anymore, so if you want to contact me, leave a five-star review. If you know Apple, you can, but some of the other ones you can't. You can contact me at heeltruthpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we also got a YouTube channel where I mainly do shorts, but you can check that out also, Heal Truth Podcast. And just remember this podcast that I do, it is award-winning, critically acclaimed, uh, number one in Antarctica. And I myself, and I have not bragged about this before, BC, but right now it's time to let people know that one time in the county fair where I grew up at, I got second place in the tobacco spitting contest. Okay. <laughs> That's a shoot. That's a shoot. That's not a work. So, okay. So yes, I am a little bit famous back home. Okay. Especially when it comes to tobacco spitting. So just throwing that out there. Making your mark with the tobacco spitting industry. Eh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Or as we call it back home, backer. <laughs> tobacco is backer. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. And I guess North Carolina, that's a pretty famous territory for the old tobacco, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, well, I appreciate that. I'll put my plug out there as well. You go over, go over to YouTube and you can find both Wrestling With The Truth uh, for a channel as well as Wrestling With The 80s. If you like old school stuff, go on over and subscribe. And, of course, you're listening to this audio podcast, so you probably found it. But, you know, if you want to tell a few friends about it, let them know and tell them to come on over and subscribe to this audio podcast as well. And if you'd like to leave a, a nice five-star rating, I will always appreciate those. I'll take them and just cherish them for life. And uh, I'll put the uh, email address out there. So I'm, I'm taking your cue, Ted. I'd, I'd like people to email as opposed to just leaving a comment because I, I really like to interact with some of these listeners and uh, be able to read their comments out on the air. So why don't you reach out to me at bchunterwwtt at gmail.com if you want to send in a review or questions or comments or hate mail whichever you send it my way and as long as it's not too dirty i'll read it on the air all right so now my question for this episode because i got thinking i actually 
did a guest appearance. Uh, it's not out yet. It should be out tomorrow if you're listening to this uh, on a Thursday. But I did a guest appearance on a mutual podcast that we're both friends with called Today We Laughed and Learned. Uh, Chris and Deb, both great ladies. They spoke highly of you as well on that show, Ted. And uh, they're very grateful for your support of their podcast. But we, they were asking questions about wrestling, and they wanted to know if a new fan was to, to check out wrestling, what would be one thing that would probably get them into it and really, uh, you know, really addicted to it? And I happen to mention the ongoing saga that we call the Bloodline storyline. And when I was describing, I said, I mean, it's it's almost Emmy worthy because you know the acting that's going on in this saga, which led me to a question that I thought of for this episode. Should wrestling programs or wrestlers themselves be nominated for awards such as the Emmy Awards? I know they can't be the Oscars because that's movies, right. but we're, we're talking television here. And I mean, we're talking grandiose productions here. I mean, you could even think of the Tony Awards because they are on a stage when you think about yeah. it as well. But should there be, a, I don't even know there'd be a special category, but really, you know, you talk about the primetime Emmys. This is a primetime show. It's in a key slot. Yeah. It's up a it's up against all these um, TV shows that are winning awards for the Emmys. So what's your thoughts on that, Ted? Should these, number one, these shows, number two, I think the production staff of these shows definitely should have a, should have a chance at these awards. And even the wrestlers themselves, should they be nominated for a Best Actor or Best Actress award? Now, am I mistaken? Do like the regular, um, I know in the past some of the, I don't know if it's a separate category. I don't know what category it's in, but I know, you know, they have like some of the sports shows. Yes, they do. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, college game day, that type thing, you know, those type shows have been up and I think won some Emmys or something like that. Definitely the production. I don't see why, because, you know, WWE, they, they know how to do production. You know, they know how to do the lights, the the stuff like that. And I and you know, and I really don't I don't really don't even watch the Emmys, so I don't even know all the categories, but I don't see for that because didn't what was it? Was it uh New York Times or one of those big publications when uh, a couple years ago when MJF and Jericho done their little you know, didn't it win some kind of award? Um, probably in Jericho's mind it did, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't remember. I thought, it won, I thought it actually won some kind of award from maybe it was like the New York Times or something like that. Hmm, let me that Google up. that. Yeah, let me yeah. do the Googs while you uh, talk. So to play devil's advocate, uh, the only thing that I guess I'll throw back at you because I've heard many of your older episodes talking about uh, wrestlers and how they do social media Mm -hmm. and how we've already killed kayfabe. So would giving an actor award to a wrestler continue that trend of killing kayfabe? Oh, definitely. I think it would just beat it right into the ground, to be quite honest. But I think we're already past that point. I mean, half the matches in the ring do a good job of doing that, let alone the wrestlers on social yeah. media. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I agree with you that that would be something that, say, in 1988, 
that would be a real trouble uh, spot for them if they if they were they were nominated for these awards. But yeah, at this time and point in time, I think as they say, the uh, the horses have left the barn. You know, in this case. So I guess I guess when I think about that, I, I guess I'm just still a little old school. I know stuff has mm-hmm. changed, and I've accepted some of the change, but. I, I can I guess I would give it to the production staff. Yeah. Uh, maybe even the writers talking about how they book not booking, but how the format of the show maybe or something, or maybe even a backstage interviewer. But I just I don't know. I mean, I've changed so much already. It's just to see Roman Reigns go up and get a, an award and say, you know. Thank you. Uh, I, I thank my acting coaches. I thank The Rock for helping me to know what it's going to be like to go to Hollywood <laughs> and to John Cena. And, you know, and oh, Sami Zayn out there, you really helped me in the ring when you improv those lines. I don't know. It would just, oh gosh, I don't know. I don't know if I can handle it. I don't know. <laughs> it's, a, it's, tough. it's a tough blow to the ego, that's for sure. And hey, I, I'm. you're right. I'm one of those people that said, you know, have a separate social media while you're contracted to a company, you shouldn't be allowed to be yourself on social media. You should be playing that mm-hmm. character. Um, but I'm looking at some of the categories here. Even if we didn't nominate the wrestlers, perhaps we could nominate a story or something okay. like that. And yeah. have, like have like a Vince McMahon collected or a Tony Khan or something like that. But I'm looking at the categories for the primetime Emmys. And I look here, uh, they have things such as art directors and costume design. Costume designers. Oh, is costume. That's something that I would, can Yeah, that would be a great one. Yeah. Uh, cinema, cinema, <laughs> cinematographers and casting mm-hmm. directors and sound designers is another one. Think about the way these guys get, like they mic up the rings and stuff like that. Yeah. And yet they don't catch these people communicating during a match and stuff. Right. Like that. So you, you could even go into sound design. You think of like, the set designs and art design, like with, with the sets that you see for a WrestleMania or, you know, yeah. and a, a major, imagine this event that's coming up in Wembley for AEW is going to have a yeah. massive set associated with it as well. I do think there's categories where you could yeah. um, nominate them as well as maybe say like, um, I don't know, best drama series or something like that. Right, be a, right. a category because that's what it is. It's an ongoing drama. And, I don't think the wrestlers themselves get enough credit for this is the fact that they're, they're one take actors with, with yeah. no, no retake, no nothing. It's live. It, you're, you're doing it. And you know, we, we can crap on some people for their promo abilities and stuff like that, but nine, let's say 90% of the time, these, these guys and girls are spot on with their promos and not missing a beat, or not missing a, a word or anything like that. I think of like just, editing my podcast alone, how many ums and ahs I have to edit, edit of an episode. You don't hear that on, on the wrestling uh, promos and stuff like that. Oh yeah. I mean, people don't realize uh, what it takes to, to do that, you know, like I said, or even if you do make a mistake, how to correct it, you know, and go on the fly and do something. Um, and some of that things. And, you know, just like, uh, what was it? Was it two years ago or a year and a half ago? 
when Riddle popped up and uh, who was it? He forgot Oscar's name or something. Right. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and he just sort of went on me, you know, and they said Vince loved it or something like that. And, you know, he just went on and just with that character, we didn't really think a lot about it, you know, and that, that's the thing, uh, uh, you know, I and then I, I remember, even, Sid. remember Sid back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> we're live, we're live, buddy. <laughs> or even, uh, I'll go back to one that was taped, but I guess they wanted to leave it in or whatever. And you think uh, the famous um, when the horseman beat Dusty up in the parking lot, you know, and he said, make it good, you know, and then the argument of was he saying make it good because he didn't know that they could catch his sound and he wanted to look good or was it? Yeah, if you're going to beat me, make it good, that type of thing, you know. So even something like that, you know, these guys are are so good at their craft. That's why, you know, as I gotten older and really thought about it and and heard different discussions, it truly is an art form. It It truly is its own unique art form. We have nothing else like it. It's the combination of the live plus the drama, plus the, like I said, the theatrics and all that. And it's, uh, and I guess that's why us men love it. Okay. Yeah. You know, when I grew up, they, uh, people would say it was soap opera for men. Yes. And mm-hmm. it, that's what it is. We, we, we want some drama, but we want somebody beating the crap out of each other in the background. That's true. And and I don't think you'll argue with this, but you can you can sign up any match you want, any dream match on paper. You're not going to be as invested in that match unless you have some type of story behind it. And the the matches that you're most invested in are when you have long-term stories invested in it, right? And that that builds up the drama of everything. And that's something that sometimes we're missing these days. That's one of the complaints I do have about AEW is Yes, we do get the dream matches, but I would, as a casual fan of the people in AEW yeah. or, or, or a non-fan of New Japan or something like that, I don't have that that uh, connection to these wrestlers like somebody that's a that's a mega fan is going to have. Yeah. And you need to, if you want to draw me in as a fan to your product, you need to give me a story that I can latch on to to say, why am I going to watch this? Yeah, okay. Yeah. They're going to do an amazing match, but I can see... 20 of those amazing matches a week on AEW if I want to, right? But I sure as hell am more invested into the FTR CM Punk storyline than I am um, Daniel Bryan and Okada if I don't know who Okada is, right? Right, so, right. And that's and, at least, and, and maybe sometimes WWE goes overboard with that and, and a little bit too much of it, but at least you find that you are invested in these these people. What happens when, and when you watch a Raw or SmackDown and there is just these random matches, they're the most boring things in the world because WWE is built on story. And so, you know, these matches are just throwaway. I mean, nothing. It just feels like a rinse, repeat type of thing. So, yeah, the story to me is that's what always, always drew me in as a fan. But the beauty back in the day was you would have that story, but there was a physicality to that story. And I love the example yeah. you used with Dusty and the horseman yeah. and that whole situation or flair and how many times that he would, he would do those amazing interviews and then get physical with people like a Magnum yep. or Ricky Morton. Think about a Ricky Morton yep. storyline. What a great storyline that was and turned Ricky Morton into this main event player just immediately, which is how flair brought that out too. Oh yeah. And that was the thing it, it built and, and 
you know, then we got into, and again, you know, we, we praised the Monday Night Wars, and, you know, and you've been covering those. But yeah. a lot of things changed when both companies, especially there in the mid-'90s, were going to 12 pay-per-views a year. Yes. One every month. So it was like we've got to start a story and finish it by the pay-per-view or at the most the next pay-per-view. You know, it was only two months and that was it. Whereas back in the day, originally in the WWF, you know, you had the big four. That was it. You know, uh, in NWA, WCW, you only had whatever their three or four that they had. And then even before those, you just had these big events and you you kept them going for months after months after months until you got a payoff because every week you were wondering what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, uh, I've said it on my show, the bloodline, it got before Sami Zayn got into it. I was getting bored, to be mm-hmm. honest. You know, I, when Jimmy first come back and it looked like, they were going to turn on Roman. I was like, okay, this is getting interesting. Then they both fell back in line and I got bored. Then Sammy come in. Okay, this is interesting. You know, then Sammy leaves and then it's like the last couple of weeks. It's like, okay, we had the Cody Rhodes drama. And if you're wondering whether or not Cody should have won, check out BC's video. He done a whole thing about that. Okay. Uh but then you're wondering, where's it going to go? And then, boom, you got Jay. Is Jay and Jimmy going to fight each other there? And then you have this double turn where they both, you know, turn on Roman. And now it's like, okay, now, you know, the it, the plot thickens, as they say. That's right. That's right. And, I mean, I, I will argue, that's a great point about when we got these these monthly pay-per-views. There was, it felt like there was this need to end storylines after a month or two. But look at what's one of the most intriguing storylines right now, aside from the bloodline in WWE, is the Cody Rhodes saga. And it's the Cody Rhodes-Brock Lesnar saga. And we're, right. about, we're about to enter into our third pay-per-view right. involving Cody and Brock. And... If I get this correct, it would be by the time SummerSlam runs around, we're talking about three or four months of this feud, right? But yet they will have only touched each other three times as far as matches. And that used to be the way back in old school. And it does work. They're doing a, again, trust the plan. That was the name of my, uh, my video on Cody. And they're doing a great job of keeping Cody away from Roman without actually benching him or cooling him down or anything like that. He's got a mega hot feud with with um, Brock at the moment. He's got his hard times, as we talked about in the past. He's got the injury that that, that plays up the angle. You're, you've got a guy that people are used to being a quote-unquote part-timer. I don't necessarily call it a part-timer. I call it a main eventer who you only use on special occasions, right? You know, just like Hogan or Piper back in the day. You didn't see them every week on Superstars. They were only being hauled out for special occasions. But they're doing a good job of separating... Yeah. Cody from the story, but you're going to see it come back in pretty soon. So now we're going to get all the way to SummerSlam, and you haven't even... I, I disagree with you there because right. I don't know if he'll even make it to Brock. He's going against the hottest heel in WWE. <laughs> X-Con Dom, baby. I mean, I just don't know. You know, Dom may just tear him up. I just, I'm, just, I'm just saying. That prison style, that prison style of fighting, you know, I don't know. He's yeah, like, you know. Talk about 
talking about hard times. Dom has lived it, man. That is true. He's got the tattoo to, uh, to show for. <laughs> oh, Dom and Suggs. I think that might be his next feud after right, Brock, right, ironically right. enough. Yeah. And that's going to be your bridge to get to Royal Rumble. And then, boom, there you go. We're either going to have either an LA Knight or, or Jay Uso or Cody, who you're sitting there going, who's going to win the Rumble this year? And yeah, don't know. But you know what? We've got a long-term story going on. We've got, you know, drama with this stuff. And I'm not just staying with WWE because there's stuff going on in AEW as well. I mean, some of it's planned and some of it was unplanned, as you covered in your yeah. your latest episode with the yeah. whole punk thing. Um, but let's shift gears here. Let's just say that, you know, putting aside the kayfabe and stuff like that, if over the years, if there could have been some storylines that you feel like could have been, say, drama of the year at the Emmy Awards. Can you think of some of the ones that would stick out in your mind as being the the ultimate award winners in, in some of the decades past? Um, well, definitely, like I talked about, the whole Horseman Dusty thing, you know, which started with the formation of the Horseman, breaking Dusty's leg, Dusty comes back, does the same thing to Ole, all that, you know, I think that probably went on for a good year and a half or so, you know, just that whole drama back and forth, the different combinations. And, and again, you know, th that's my, my wheelhouse. I keep going back to uh, 86 Jim Crockett, but uh, I don't know how many months actually it lasted, but just the way it finalized, you know, we've talked about the uh, Magnum and uh, Tully I quit match. Yeah. Uh, then if I do want to go over to WWF, one of the ones I think now the matches weren't the greatest, but the storyline of the whole saga, when Kane shows up and undertaker, Paul bear, who's yep. your daddy, who burnt the house down? Who's mm -hmm. at fault? You like I said, now when they were in the ring, sometimes it wasn't the best match, but the whole story between Kane and undertaker, I thought was just really, you know, who is this guy? You know, because when you first seen him and we didn't, uh, you know, I didn't have the dirt sheets. I didn't know that he was the former dentist. Yes. You know, I didn't know that. Yeah. So uh, I think that's one that would probably stand out WWF wise there for me. There was layers to that whole story. And that's what you look for in a great drama, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, I agree with the whole Dusty Rhodes, Four Horsemen, Throw Magnum TA in there uh, saga that went on for years and years. I think of the Von Eric Freebird situation that went on yeah. for years in, in uh, World Class. That That's another one that you could just, again, throw in layers onto that whole story. Unfortunately, there was a lot of um, sadness and drama to go along with that with some of the things that happened to the Von Erichs, but it does add to the whole legend and story of it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, one of the ones I can think of is the whole Mega Power story. Uh, oh, Savage yeah, and Hogan. Yeah. I mean, that was beautifully done right from the beginning, right from day one, like when they, they first formed the Mega Powers to go into WrestleMania 4 and the whole Hogan kind of upstage and the celebration of Macho's win. And that was the story that carried on right through to the end, to the breakup, yep. to you, to you get your match at uh, WrestleMania 5. So I think that's definitely one you could consider um yeah in the 90s what about the mcmahon austin saga yeah yeah i mean that was another one 
another one there or even brett and sean you know just the whole drama around that could be something but uh and then of course i think even just the storyline of the nwo the early days yeah. of the nwo and that layer of sting and yeah, you had a, invasion. and yeah. you know and me and taylor were actually talking about that how he was talking about sting's promo style Mm-hmm. And I said, go back and watch him in the 80s, mm-hmm. you know, Surfer Sting. Yep. And then I said, in WCW, when he when he transitioned over to the Crow, they had him in the Raiders for probably almost a year, and he never said a word. He just pointed bad at people, you know. He was the most intriguing character on the show. Yeah, and, and I said, to, and, you know, we were discussing, do you think they were, by him not talking for so long, it's sort of erased out of your memory what he sounded like as surfer sting so that when he did talk later on, you would associate that that with this character. Yes. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think that that storyline had layers right up until 98-ish, and then it got off the rails and stuff like that. But the whole invasion angle, starting with Hall showing up on that episode, and yeah. then going from there, the turn of Hogan, the, the turn heard around the world, Sting, they lost faith in Sting, and then he goes silent, but he has that intriguing character. You have Bischoff, you have the overtaking of the whole WCW. It looked like for a point there, they're going to go with changing WCW to NWO. Yeah. Uh, and then you finally get this hero in Sting, you know, the whole Starcade 97 thing. Unfortunately, that was what it was, but it was supposed to be the culmination of a year and a half of storytelling. And then it probably ends right around the time Goldberg comes in and becomes that phenom and takes over. But you have a good length of time, a story there. So, yeah, there, there's definitely examples through and through. And, of course, now today with this whole bloodline thing, I, I, I'd say in modern wrestling, that, that's got to oh, be. One more i got to mention. We were just talking about Dominic. How can we forget Dom's custody was up in the air? <laughs> you know, they had a custody battle in the ring. They didn't use Judge Judy. They didn't go to people's court. Right. Eddie and Ray fought it out in the ring. I mean, that's what you do. If we would do that, if, if you know, I don't know what you all call it up in Canada, but down here, most states call it uh, DSS, Department of Social Services, <laughs> where they go in and take care of family things like that when there's people fighting and stuff like that. If we would just go to some of these trailer parks, set up a ring, and if they want to f- have their disputes over custody and who gets to take them to school and who's going to do this, just let them wrestle it out. Yeah, like Eddie and and Ray did, you know. I, I still think instead of having wars, the presidents of the two countries should have a hell in a cell match or or a, a ladder match, whichever you want to go with, and that decides who wins it. Instead of losing all these lives with these wars, have these two go guys go at it, right? Oh, okay. Biden can barely walk across the stage. You want my president <laughs> to climb up a ladder? Okay, thanks a lot. Trudeau's a little bit younger. Okay, yeah, thanks a lot. It's going to make you reconsider who you're going to elect, right? You know, am I yeah. electing Biden or am I electing, you know, uh, Schwarzenegger? Which one am I going yeah. to put in there? Yeah. Well, now, and, and see, Russia's got the advantage because, you know, Putin's always going around with his shirt off. You know, he's always doing stuff, so. I don't think North Korea be a threat anymore. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, man, yeah, yeah, that's... um 
yeah, we could go down many alleys with that. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, we could. I I still think Ray and and Rhea need to have a have a custody ladder match for Dom. To be quite honest, yeah, that would be good too. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just some of these stories, you know, uh, and that that's like I said, you like to see something uh, built, and, and you know, and I've heard people complain, uh, and I'll, I'll say this real quick about MJF stories. Mm-hmm. People were saying. Oh, he's using his past or real life stuff again. Yeah, because in today's social media, since he knows how to use it, every time he mentions something in the ring, he knows people are going to go on his Instagram and see if it's true. Yeah. You know, like the stuff with Punk, the uh, the car he had when he said that him and the girl wrecked and he switched seats with her, you know, and yep. now... I think he reposted or somebody found something where he had mentioned something about Adam Cole when he cut that promo on him, you know, ring of honor. He knows what he's doing because he's using social media with his kayfabe to use real life events to try to build interest. So that's one thing I do appreciate him doing. Yep. I mean, how else are you going to get heat these days? There's, there's no other way that's, that's he's, he's using the right method. I mean, and this going back to this whole argument uh, about uh, these people being actors or they're acting in a drama or stuff like that. This is why I get frustrated with the whole um, Tom Cruise or Matthew McConaughey can play a skinhead in a uh, in a movie, and right. it doesn't it doesn't hurt them as far as real life. And people understand when they're watching it that oh well, this is a movie, so he's just playing a character. Yet we can't even have a, a foreign heel anymore without people being up in arms and like, you know, getting freaked out about it. And it's like they're playing a character, you know, you got to have you got to have characters in this and you got to have a bad guy and a good guy. It, it's it, this is how the whole thing works. You know, I mean, yeah. in the end, it, it, if they you know, you realize that these people are just human beings that are playing characters in this sport what's wrong with, with, with that? Like, this is a frustration for me at, at this point. Like, uh, I don't know. It's people need to, I've never seen anything in my life where people cannot separate reality from fiction. Yeah. It's just unreal. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, and speaking of that, I don't know, did, uh, Chris Jericho's podcast, I listened to it today. He's got Don Callis on there. Okay. And Don is in kayfabe the whole time. Right. Talking about Kenny Omega and the elite and all that. And it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I mean, just he is he's good at it. I'll give Don Callis credit. Sometimes he don't get the credit he's due, but uh I, I think his uh his performance on there, if you want to hear a good some some good acting and the way he's doing, uh um uh, it's pretty good. And uh he's setting up everything and uh you know, and, and he's got uh to and talking about growing his family. So looking for a stable out of Dawn. So we'll see how that goes. There you go. Nice. All right. Well, I think we've beat this uh, topic to death, but I'm going to say, for, I'm going to give you the Emmy for best podcast of the year, Ted. And that podcast is called the Hill truth. Again, Spotify, Amazon, Apple, wherever you get your podcast from, email me at healtruthpodcast at gmail.com. Go over on the YouTube channel, subscribe, like, follow, do all that kind of stuff. All right, perfect, folks. Go support Ted. It's a phenomenal podcast. It's you know, you're talking about the uh the brainiac himself as far as heels and what 
what uh, what heel psychology is all about. And it's it's the learning tree, as we like to call it. So make sure you're checking out Ted, support him as much as you can. And I appreciate everybody supporting me and my venture here and look forward to more episodes coming soon. And we will be getting back to the war at some point too. Don't worry about that. That's, that's, that's not gone away, but just doing a little side venture here while we're gathering up some more information around the, the Monday Night War. So look for another episode coming soon and maybe some special guests joining the show. Anyways, we're going to sign off on this episode. Thank you once again, Ted, and hope you have a great evening.